The following is a hoop bowl presentation. You ever have a day and you want to start talking about something, have a good idea, good outline, whole plan, everything laid out, and something comes and drastically changes it? Now imagine if that happened for a good reason. And then you'd have me, Corbin Ford, host of the Hoopball Clippers podcast. You can follow me at Corbin NBA. Uh, follow Hoopball for all their amazing podcasts. And catch this one. Talking about your team, the Los Angeles Clippers, the ever-confusing, um, ever-talented, ever-confounding, ever-disjointed, ever-injury-prone, ever... Dominant, uh, I don't know what to say about them aside from saying the very interesting Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, today's pod was really going to be more a recap of the Kings' loss, which we still will do um, over the weekend. I'm recording this um, on the night of February 24th. It is, what, 10.30 my time now. Uh, we're in the midst of a Clippers game, actually, a game in which they are just absolutely walloping the Memphis Grizzlies. Right now, the score is 82 to 57. Uh, and I'm going to touch on it at, at the end, just kind of give you as close to a recap of this game as I could. But just let it suffice to say the Clippers were all over this one from the jump. End of the first quarter, they're up 40 to 14. Yep, you heard me correctly. 40, 40, 40 to 14, 1, 4. Yep. Kawhi Leonard had as many points as the entire Grizzlies team. 14. <laughs> I just said it. And we do have to... Um, Definitely nods the fact that the Grizzlies are not 100% strength. You know, they are entering a stretch run with a young team that has no idea what that is as far as teams gearing up to play them uh, with that eye to, okay, you're a playoff team and really just holding down the fort uh, with the Pelicans kind of climbing back into the playoff picture. But also, and probably more importantly, Jaron Jackson Jr. got injured just over two nights before that uh, with the knee sprain against the Los Angeles Lakers in a game. So he'll be out for multiple weeks. And obviously, uh, you know, that type of, shot-making ability, one of your leading three-point shooters not having that player on the floor, while it shouldn't justify the brutal beatdown they're getting right now, is definitely something you can look at and go, okay, they're not fully uh, prepared with a big piece of theirs missing. Uh, whereas the Clippers, for I think this is the fifth time all season, have everyone fully ready to go, which tells you a lot about the way this Clippers team has been. But if you followed uh, either me or, or Brandon Marcus, mostly Brandon Marcus all season here on the uh, Hoopball Clippers podcast, you'll already have known that. Injuries have played a huge part of that. So this is nothing new. But before I go uh, kind of backtrack into the loss against the Kings over the weekend, I do want to tell you a little bit about my bookie. Uh, you know, I'm just going straight. The Christmas is over. Super Bowl, Ben here did that. You know, at this point, okay, what's a betting man to do? Well, guess what? We are just a short period away from the NBA playoffs. You got your contenders, you got your Clippers, you got your Lakers, you got your Bucks, you got your Celtics, you got all these teams that you can make wages on, pick multiple different games. Who do you have the edge on? You can obviously look at Hoopball's excellent gaming podcast uh, or any of their other podcasts just to get the edge from a fantasy or betting perspective. But also, you can go over to mybookie.ag. Make your predictions a reality. My bookie is one of the most trusted in the industry, and if you're looking for a sports book to make bets, my bookie is where you want to go. They got it all from NBA to the Premier League, 
They got the fastest payouts, the best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. And guess what? You can even pull your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you got a couple of big favors this week. You know what you can do? Parlay those wagers and let you bet multiple games together. And if they all come through, guess what? You win big. My book is more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. Bar none, no other. Straight up. If you join right now, my book will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code today to activate the offer. Today, as in you are listening to this podcast today. Once again, that's promo code today to get your extra cash from my bookie bet win get paid all right so going over the weekend the clippers and the kings uh first game for reggie jackson joining the team after about from the detroit pistons the clippers were without pat beverly they were also without paul george due to injury the starting five for them was reggie jackson and landry sham at the guards Kawhi leonard um and marcus morris at the forwards and avicii zubac at center and just to recap this game uh the Clippers went on a slow start really early, uh, and very little worked out for them. They stumbled out the gate. They went four for twenty-four in the first quarter, just sh- shooting the ball to come up with a meager thirteen points. The Clippers led by as many as fourteen points in that first uh, quarter, and it was horrible. A lot of turnovers. Definitely looked disjointed. You could tell Reggie Jackson was definitely in his first game with just how he was playing, getting a rhythm, and, and getting a feel for the guys he was with, and it kind of showed a little bit there. Um, and, and let's not forget, this isn't the first time that the Clippers have played the Kings this season. This isn't the first time that the Clippers have lost to the Kings this season. January 30th was the last time when the Kings won going away by 21 points, uh, by just bombing away from three-point range. Just impossible. So you already had that kind of history there, but it didn't help that you come out sluggish and not even from an energy effort way, just not being on the same page offensively and letting... Uh, Sacramento go to work, uh, particularly Harry Giles early in the opening frame. He played really well. He had his first career double-double with 14 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, Alex Len played well, got into a little scuffle with Harrow later in the game. He only had three points and eight rebounds, but his size and that physicality has been an issue for most bigs against Harrow most of the season. You know, if you could play, if you are a bigger guy as is and you play that kind of bang up-tempo style, not up-tempo, but like physical kind of Jonas Valanciunas, Alex Lynn, like kind of, you know, um, muck it up style. Not that Harold is not down to play that way, but he's just not as effective against guys that can physically overwhelm him in that size, in that frame. And those guys can do that. Uh, and that's kind of what happened. But but there's more. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, just kind of going back through the game. The Clippers ended up following uh, the, the first quarter that was horrible with a much improved second and third quarter. Uh, Clippers scored 35 points in each, but the Kings were already kind of warmed up and playing really well, and their offense just kind of hung along. And they scored, what, just 65 points in that same amount. So it got closer, but the Kings by no means stopped. And that was partly because, you know, the Clippers' defense wasn't quite uh, in tuned to really hold them down while going on a run of their own. End up kind of matching pace, which works until you kind of have to win the game. Uh, the Clippers definitely got... Uh, a lot closer in the fourth quarter. Uh, Montrezl Harrell gave them their first lead. They broke even. They had the momentum going their way. Reggie Jackson hit a big three-point with about six minutes left. But after that, it was like the Kings said, hold up. 
We got this. They held the Clippers scoreless for the next five minutes. It was, I mean, missed shots, great defense. They really ratcheted up the intensity while also scoring on the other end. And it seemed like the Clippers just had no answer for them. They were just spellbound um, at the relentless assault by the Kings. Uh, two guys who did play amazing um, and one who did score one of the final baskets for the Clippers when uh, it was all but over was Kawhi Leonard um, and Avicii Zubac. But let me start with Kawhi Leonard. He played very well. You could tell he was locked in from the beginning, really wanted to get this win. Uh, it was almost like he's playing the Spurs, <laughs> which is that, you know, he has that focus and intensity, but you kind of have that little bit of an edge by Kawhi. And you kind of see it in the intensity and the ferocity which he scores and was being more active on the defensive end and maybe not pacing himself as much, but really just being that terror, that menace. Um, he had 31 points eight rebounds five assists two steals and he played 36 minutes so it was really really uh tight uh Montrez Harrow had 16 points and 10 rebounds solid double double but defensively he was attacked um with the heavy minutes that he did play uh especially over time obviously he tires but you already have a guy who is kind of shorter uh who, who can be kind of overpowered there a little bit those heavy minutes especially when you give Zubach just 20 to Harold's 27, that could have been balanced just a little bit more, in my opinion. But for one, Harold was converting his shots, five and nine from the field. He was also converting his free throws, which is much more important and usually a sign that the Clippers are having a really good day. He was six to eight from the free throw line, but it wasn't to be uh, that weekend. Avicii Zubas played well, in my opinion. Eight points, 15 rebounds, two assists. He had a block. He was active. He was a deterrent. And those types of games where they do play, like a normal big, and, and his presence can be felt in mucking with the middle, I feel are Zubac's best games. And this is why I really hope that Doc Rivers would play Zubac more to the matchups and not just stick with the way that he always does the rotations. Because, you know, he'll kind of give him what I hear Nate Duncan on the Duncan podcast call the Keith Bogan special. You know, you place, you start, you play the first couple minutes, and then after that, it's like nominal minutes from there. But no, play him according to the matchup. If there's moments when he can be a great deterrent at the rim, get some rebounds, keep that defensive intensity up, and then go to Harrell for more offensive-focused lineups and units, I say do that. I'm not sure why Rivers has not done that up to this point consistently, because even throughout the injuries, uh, Zubac has been around for a good chunk of time to at least get some sort of continuity there. But he hasn't. And you can only hope that, you know, he's an asset. He's a foul machine, yes, but he can help in ways that Harold just can't and in ways that can be more conducive to holding on to leads and, and, and helping to climb back in the games just from not just scoring, but keeping the other teams from scoring as well. Keeping other teams from attacking you relentlessly as teams do to Montrezl Harold, particularly when he gets tired. Uh, another thing that really kind of sold uh, the Kings win over the Clippers was the backcourt. The Clippers out, the Kings outscored the Clippers um, backward wise 40 to 12. 40 to 12. Even game for Darren Fox. He had 20 points, eight assists, four rebounds, and a steal. He made some really big plays in the fourth quarter. He had a nice drive um, end to end where he blew past Kawhi Leonard, finished with a nice switch hand layup. Uh, he had another one where he took Landry Shamet to the hoop and was attacking Shamet and Harrell over and over. And that burst of speed that De'Aaron Fox has. Next to Westbrook, he's one of the fastest guys with or without the ball in the NBA. And you could tell. You would give the ball, you know, you would give the ball to him going down uh, the court, or the Kings would give the ball to him going down the court. And it was like another gear. Where, yeah, maybe Montrezl Harrell could have caught up to Kent Bazemore, uh, who played really well. I'll get to him in a second. Or other players, you know, if they were going for a chase down block. But once De'Aaron Fox had that ball, it was over. No chance. Just putting the afterburners and, and, and 
you know, check the ball, inbound the ball to start the play. Because that's kind of what it was every time De'Aaron Fox went to the rim. He made Montrezl Howard particularly look like he was stuck in honey with how slow his feet were in comparison to how fast Fox was. And and he had a career high in scoring last game matchup against them. So, you know, with or without uh, Pat Bev, who I don't know was in that previous matchup, he didn't play this one. You could tell he was not at all uh, daunted by... Reggie Jackson in the slightest. That was not an issue that came up. Uh, he was able to get whatever he wanted, and that was that. Another guy who played really well, um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who had 20 points, uh, 4 10 from 3. He was pretty solid as well. I already mentioned Harry Giles and Alex Len, but Kent Bazemore, who's been just great um, watching a few Kings games since the Trevor Reza game, was really the key. He had a team had 23 points. He had five rebounds, one assist, four steals, one huge block, knocked down a couple of threes. He played really, really solid. And that's what really helped the Kings keep pace with the Clippers and pull away. But on the other hand, you do worry about, you know, the Clippers' continuity. And after the game, it was interesting because Clippers' Twitter was a mix of two minds, of two schools of thought, if you will. One was... Okay, this is horrible. The Clippers are, are, I don't know what's going on. How can you lose to a Kings team in February? He's probably gearing up for the stretch run, the playoffs. You can't be losing these gimme games. Yada, yada, woe is me. Oh my goodness, this team sucks, sort of. Then another school of thought that was, can you calm down? Please. The Clippers are just fine. Pat Beverly, Paul George have not played. There's a different unit. There's Reggie Jackson's first game. This is what, Marcus Morris's fifth game of the year with the Clippers? This is a whole new unit. It takes some time. The Kings played very well. Uh, obviously, who expected such a big game from Kent Bazemore, am I right? Calm down, relax. I have more, in my opinion, an objective mindset that is between those two. On the one hand, yes. Clippers have gone through a lot of changes. A lot of of, you know, people in and out and rotations being changed, some by, you know, just necessity, some by docs tinkering with the lineup for better, sometimes mostly for worse um, in, in ways that don't have to be made. And so it is hard to establish a continuity, even this late into the year. It's been a weird year. I'm sure Clippers uh, fans would agree. I'm sure the Clippers players themselves would agree. At the same time, yes, you have games like this where it wasn't like the Kings were going dead white hot from three like they did in their previous matchup. It was a good game. The Clippers just did not have it. They did not have the continuity necessary on the offensive end. Defensively, they let stuff go again and again. Doc had rotations that were weird that didn't work out. He could have used players to more of their advantage, and it didn't work. And those signs are things that you can establish and look at like, wow, we need to make a change if we're really going to achieve our dream of going to the finals and winning the dang thing. It is what it is. You have to look at it with more of a reasoned balance, a reasoned take that, yes, this team is not where we want it to be. Now, there are some valid reasons why they aren't, but there are also some reasons that we can improve. It's not like we are an amazing team when we're all healthy. It's not like we are a really, really great team when most of them are out. Right now, our margin of error is based off of our conduit together, which isn't great, which makes it kind of thin. Now, talent wins out. When you have a Kawhi Leonard available to play, you put yourself with a more than average chance of walking away with the W. But there are going to be those games where Kawhi needs help. Lou Williams had a decent game, as far as scoring was concerned, um, just for support for Kawhi, he, he, he did okay. He had 24 points, but he also had a career-high eight turnovers. Career-high. Lou Williams has been in the NBA since 2005. That is a long time. 
Career high eight turnovers. That's not great. You got to do better than that to give some help. Reggie Jackson, his first game, the newest addition for the Clippers. Eight points, two rebounds, four assists, 22 minutes. Shot three and nine from the field, two or six from deep. Not great. But, you know, ultimately, you know, you, you want to see him with, get some more run with the second unit, which you will when Pat Beverly comes back. Paul George comes back. The rotations kind of even out. To be fair, the offense did look good when he was on the floor. And what? He had four assists. Jackson could have easily had nine or ten if the Clippers knocked down some shots. They had no consistency in that first quarter. The shot making was at a horrendous level. And that possibly, not possibly, that definitely robbed Jackson of assists. But honestly, if we're looking at it, that's really just cosmetic numbers as is. So it's not something to really be uh, focused on. But if we look back on that, we'd go, okay, you know, eight points, two rebounds, nine assists, decent game for him. It is what it is. It's how you look at it. Um, that was the Clippers' third straight loss, which was uh, the longest of the season. Kind of shocking when it was the Kings, but, you know, it is what it is. These games happen. I, I, I think that you can't get too high. You can't get too low as a Clippers fan on that. On the one hand, like I said, yes, you want to win these games. Yes, they're winnable games. Yes, you can win those games if you had just stayed a little more uh, together on the offensive end and clamped down defense. But those losses can happen to the best of them. At the end of the day, if you're the Clippers, you believe that when you have your team together and healthy, and you hope that happens for a sustained period of time for the rest of the year, that you have more talent and can play better together than other teams in the NBA. It's just that simple. So when these little hurdles happen, yeah, a three-game losing streak is not great. But you just bounce back. Speaking of that, I'm going to take a second here, and afterwards I'm going to take you right over to uh, the bounce back that the Clippers did as they played the Grizzlies tonight as I'm recording. All right, so uh, it, it's been an interesting uh, night watching the Clippers play. I really only watched the first quarter, as I already mentioned at the onset of this pod. Clippers are up 40-14 to into the first. By 9.05 in the second quarter, the Grizzlies woke up and found themselves down 35. You heard me correctly. Down 35. It was a rough shooting game for the Grizzlies. They, the Clippers swallowed them up defensively. when knocking down every shot that they were taking. It felt like on the offensive end, second quarter, the Grizzlies did chip in and start scoring at a more consistent rate. Clippers put up 26 in the second quarter. Grizzlies put up 23. Still down by a lot. Third quarter came. Grizzlies actually outscored the Clippers 29 to 24. Great. Just, just great. They cut the lead to 24 in the third quarter. End of the, of the score of the third quarter was Clippers 90 Grizzlies 66. Kawhi, at this point in time, I'm recording this game is still going on. Leads all scores right now, 25 points on 10 of 17 from the field, eight rebounds, three assists. Montrezl Howard's 18 points. Marcus Morris is 13 points, and Avicii Zubac has six points and 10 rebounds. Grizzlies can't really buy a shot. Not looking too great on the offensive end. It happens, but right now this is just the game that you want as a Clippers fan. A game where they bounce back against a team that is pretty decent. I was going into this game thinking that, hey, this could be a scary type of game. If the Grizzlies come out inspired and the Clippers come out anyway lackluster, they can come in here and sneak a fourth straight loss by the Clippers. Good news, the Clippers were having none of that. None of it. It's been great. 
um, longest run was a 12-0 run, run by the Clippers. Right now, the Grizzlies are shooting 38% from the field, 19% from three on four, 21 from three, 73% from the line. The Clippers are shooting 51%, 38% from three on 10 of 26 shooting. That's great volume from the three-point line and 12 of 14 from the line. Clippers got more rebounds total, got more assists doubled, have more steals, tighter of blocks. They're playing very, very well. And, and that's what you want to see. All right. Looking at uh, two guys over here in Paul George and Pat Beverly. Paul George played 19 minutes, has seven points, three and nine shooting, one of four from three, three rebounds, four assists. But, you know, again, these guys are still trying to find their rhythm. Pat Beverly has the same amount of minutes, 19, six points, two or three from the field, both from three, three rebounds and two assists. So, I mean, the game like this is just the kind of game you need to kind of get people in, get their, 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 um, there are moments to kind of get game time. You're already going to walk away with this win barring some catastrophic uh, collapse. Looking at this right now, uh, Marcus Morris, one thing I was trying to see is if Marcus Morris would have more shot attempts than Landry Shamet. I really do not think. I think he should be somewhere in that fourth, fifth option. Personally, as, as just an NBA fan watching the Clippers trying to, you know, see some nice offensive flow. Um, he's at 5-4-11 shooting. Shamet's just 2-4-4. for four. And a low volume, but he does have three rebounds, two assists. So not really much takeaway there. Reggie Jackson in 14 minutes off the bench, five points, uh, two rebounds and three assists. Jermichael Green, 13 minutes. I'm sure we're going to see Rodney Magruder and Patrick Patterson. If uh, Doc Rivers is pretty smart about that, he'll get him in. And yet Kawhi Leonard, most of his misses have been for three, 0 for 4 from three. But everything else has been cooking. He's just been a monster just this year, just post-All-Star break, just in general. And so now with 8.55 left, it is 98-70 to 70 Los Angeles Clippers. And to be honest with you, that's what we're going to leave off for today. Not really much there to go on. Uh, this is a great win for the Clippers, or it's going to be a great win for the Clippers, especially in light of the next couple of games that they do have to look forward to on the docket for them. Uh, you have a, 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 a Wednesday against the Pesky Suns team. That'll be that'll be interesting. Uh, Suns did get a win early in the year against the Clippers. That was without Paul George, but still. Then you have the Nuggets, the 76ers, the Thunder, the Rockets, and the Lakers. So from the 26th through the 8th, you are playing teams that are either A, at the top of the conference in the Lakers, or B, very, very tough outs in the Nuggets, 76ers, and Thunder. Oh, and Rockets, which it should be another classic matchup. We've seen all the, the games so far with the Clippers and Rockets. This is going to be a fun stretch of games coming up. Definitely looking forward to seeing how the Clippers respond. Great to snap this three-game losing streak. Congratulations, you got that done. Now you got a nice little tough slate of games ahead of you. Then you get a brief respite with the Warriors and the Clippers before facing off against the Pelicans, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, and the Suns again. So... We'll have to see how they perform over this next stretch of 8-10 games. Don't think it's going to be telling of a season or anything dramatic like that, but it will be something to look at, and I think this stretch will be something that will be looked at, you know, as we kind of look back on this season when it's all said and done. Because now you have the team healthy. For the fifth time all year, every player on the Clippers roster today was up and ready to go. Barring any unfortunate injury, knock on all the wood you got. If you're into that, Clippers should be fine. Establish our continuity, play some tough out basketball against some really, really competitive teams and see what you have. Line it up, line it up, see what you got. 
All right. Well, this has been the Hoopball Clippers podcast. I've been your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me at CorbinNBA. Stay tuned for another episode soon with either myself, Brandon Marcus, both or neither. Just kidding. (laughs) We'll have one up for you coming up very soon. Take care. Have a good one. Talk to you later. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.